Now, with summer peak upon us, many beaches around the country have been opening up. 92 in Kangwon province along the east coast, for example. And while that's a very popular place to go, it's also a good time to raise awareness of the risks of heading to the water, including the very tragic circumstances of drowning. But that's not the only worry to look out for, potentially. Uh, There's also cold water shock. Uh, And that's been a big problem, actually, in Europe, where we've seen a heat wave recently, but the death of a 36-year-old woman in Spain was among the reported deaths during that heat wave. And it uh, has raised the plight of of cold weather, um, or rather cold water conditions particularly. Community Safety Manager of the Royal National Lifeboat Institution, or RNLI, in the UK, Ross McLeod, joins us on the line. Thank you for taking the time. Hello, thanks for having me. So you've launched this Respect the Water campaign. Can you tell us a bit more about it? Of course. So the RNLI um, is a life-saving charity in the UK, and we run a, a lifeboat and a lifeguard service around the coast of the UK and Ireland to keep people safe and rescue them um, if they get into trouble. But a big part of the work that we also do is around drowning prevention. Um, and the lead campaign that we have in this field is called Respect the Water. Here this campaign is to generally raise awareness of some of the, the key dangers um, that people may face when they head to the coast. So things like cold water shock, rip currents, and swimming at unlifeguarded locations, just to make sure people are aware around what some of these risks are to hopefully reduce the numbers of people that our lifeboat crews and lifeguards have to rescue. A lot of um, deaths uh, as a result of, of, of water uh, activities tend to be drowning. That That's what we see most often reported uh, and almost always complete accidental tragedies. Uh, can you give us a bit more detail about, about the trends that you see? Well, over in the UK, we lose, unfortunately, around 400 people um, to drowning, both inland and around the coast every year. Um, we see trends um, around 90% of those people that lose their lives are men, and this is something that is usually replicated around the world in most locations that tends to be a more male-dominated problem. Something you also see here in the UK, and I'm, I'm wouldn't be surprised if it's replicated where you are, is around many of these people that are, are drowning are ending up in the water accidentally. So these are not necessarily your your hardcore extreme sports, surfers, kite surfers, things like that. It's actually um, everyday people like you and I that are maybe going for a walk or a run, um, slip, trip or fall into the water, maybe get cut off by the tide or enter the water in an unplanned way so they maybe see somebody else in trouble and then go and try to help. And the trouble with this is if you're not expecting to be in, in, in the water, then you're probably not dressed for it. You might not have the right training and equipment and the right expertise to survive um, if those conditions are difficult. Um, so they're the kind of trends we would see in the UK. So we'd always, our main piece of advice for anyone that's wanting to go in the water would be to try and swim at a lifeguarded location. Now, whether that's um, around the coast, inland, or even at swimming pools inland, if you have a, a trained professional lifeguard on hand, that way they will always make sure that you swim in the safest place on the beach. But also then if something does go wrong, uh, they will be there to to pull you out of the water. So, I mean, that's the best thing that you can do. If you do end up, though, in the water without meaning to, can I just ask you about the float to live idea rather than than fighting the water? Absolutely. So one of the the key problems in the UK is the temperature of the water. Um, So anything under about 15 degrees can cause something called cold water shock, which is a physiological reaction that happens when your skin uh, temperature changes and drops very quickly um, due to the cold water temperature. And this sudden change in skin temperature can cause uncontrollable gasping and it can send your heart rate 
um, through the roof, which can be very dangerous because people start to cough and, and panic and they can take water into their lungs and this can lead to drowning very quickly. So the best advice that we have if you find yourself in the water unexpectedly is to try and float to live. So this is the concept of trying your best to rest and relax, to lean back in the water, extend your arms and legs like a big starfish and just gently try and um, get your breathing back under control. And the best way of doing this is just to float on your back. Take a moment. That way you can get your breathing back under control. That's when you can make your, your next move, whether that's swimming to safety or calling for help. It's something that I've uh, experienced while swimming here in this country, even on the hottest of days, how unexpectedly cold the water can feel at times. But it, it really isn't the most intuitive idea, is it, that it would be a b- big problem on a hot summer day, the, the temperature of the water. Uh, it wasn't just the 36-year-old woman I mentioned before in Spain. We've seen incidents in France and in the UK this summer or last few weeks is it then something that you also hear about very regularly along with with drowning as a problem you know cold water shock is is a big issue um, in the uk and in, in many parts of the world as well i mean we've we lost around i think it was 10 to 12 people over the last month in the uk and the the shock of the cold water will definitely play a part in some of those drownings. so it is worth remembering and especially on those hot days um people can very easily forget um some of the the caution they may may take if the weather wasn't quite so good so you you get a bit excited the sun comes out everyone heads down to the water to cool off jump straight in um, and this is when some of these issues can happen so um, just a little bit of forethought um, if you are heading to the coast even if it's a hot day remember the water temperature takes a lot longer to warm up and so the water is still likely to be quite cold so if you are planning on being in the water the best things that you can do is try and acclimatize slowly to the water temperature so don't run and dive in head first but Walk in slowly, uh, let your body adjust to the temperature of the water, and that will reduce the impact of the cold water shock response. Um, And even better, you can do things like wearing a wetsuit, and that protection from the neoprene will reduce the reaction again, and also um, will help keep you buoyant should you find yourself in difficulty. Let's also talk about some advice that would be relevant, I'm sure, in many places in the world, but... Based on personal experience, I can say the the west coast here tends to be a very shallow build-up. You can walk out to the sea uh, ankle-deep for a while, uh, whereas the east coast uh, gets extremely deep. You're in over your head in relatively just a few steps. When you're faced with that kind of situation uh, on, on both extremes, do you have any particular words of wisdom for us? It's all just around having a, a healthy respect for the water. So wherever, whatever your situation is, wherever on the coast you are and you're, in, you're intending to enter the water, um, the best thing you can do is, as I said, try and go to a lifeguard at beach first off, and that way you know you've got trained professionals on hand. But if not, um, make sure you look out for the, the safety signage. Um, in most places, you'll have signs that are warning you about what some of those key dangers are. Um, always try and go in the water with somebody else, and that way if you, if you do get yourself in trouble, you can call the emergency services to make sure uh, you get them en route as quickly as possible. And also just have a look out around in the area for any what we would call public rescue equipment, so things like throw lines um, or rescue rings that if in the event you do see somebody else that's in trouble in the water, you can try and help make that rescue without actually physically going into the water yourself and putting yourself at risk. Another scenario we might find ourselves in, fresh water 
in the interior, lots of lakes and streams and rivers to enjoy in this country. Sometimes you might find yourself driving along and see some kids playing in in what seems like relatively shallow water. Um, let's say there's no lifeguards around, but you and your family want to go and cool off. Um, any particular advice for that situation? Again, it's, it's just about a, a bit of a risk assessment of the situation. If the um, if you if you do want to call off, as I said, just make sure you're looking at what some of these potential dangers could be. So whether that's the, the temperature of the water, whether it's the the speed of the the river, say, or the, the depth of the water. And so it's really about assessing what your level of skill and competence is versus what the situation is, and just making um, the best decision based on that. So keep a lookout for the safety signs. If you're ever feeling a bit unsure about the situation, the best thing would be to stay out of the water and find a location that is a bit safer further down the further down the road. What if you're unsure of water full stop? Maybe there's been a traumatic experience in the past or you, you just have a an extreme phobia, more more cautious than what we should be recommending it anyway. But you want to be able to enjoy the cooling off experience. Does the RNLI offer advice to people in that situation? I mean, the best thing, uh, I mean, we're, we're big advocates of learning to swim and obviously some people do have traumatic experiences of the water, but it, is, it really is never too late to learn to swim. And some of the basics like learning to float are relatively easy to do. So recommend the swimming lessons for a start. But if you are going to head anywhere close to the water or you fancy maybe going out on a kayak or a boat and you're not a strong swimmer, then it's really important that you wear the right protective equipment. So things like a wetsuit will keep you warm and help you float. But the most important and the really critical bit of kit is to wear a buoyancy aid or a life jacket. Now these pieces of kit will, will keep you afloat in the water. Uh, the difference between the two is a buoyancy aid won't keep your head above water if you become unconscious. However, a design feature of a life jacket, they're designed in a way that if you were to fall unconscious, they will flip you onto your back, which keeps your airway open. So it's really important that if you're not a strong swimmer, um, but you are planning on being um, sort of on top of the water or very close by and you, you think there may be a risk of falling in, please make sure you wear a life jacket and that really will give you the best possible chance of, of staying alive. Another person that might need that in our families would be the baby of the family or, or a very young child. Do life jackets still apply to them or or if they're very small, would there be another flotation device that would be recommended? Yeah, depending on the age of the child, life jackets and buoyancy aids are available from, from very young ages. So um, absolutely with kids, I mean, the number one piece of advice would be to never take your eyes off the, near the water. We hear all too many um, horrendous stories every year around parents that... Um, have that momentary lapse in concentration and the, the child wanders off. So the really important thing is if you are near the water with your children, whether they're competent in the water or not, is to please keep a really close eye on them. But again, um, as with yourselves, if, if you don't feel they're confident in the water, uh, make sure they're wearing the right protective equipment, wear a life jacket, um, that kind of thing. And that, if they do then find themselves in the water, they've got a much better chance of keeping afloat for you to then rescue them. Well, something that I uh, experienced myself, though, is is when you have a very young child with, say, some older kids, it, it can be tempting to put all your attention on the very young child, but maybe it's those slightly older kids that could get themselves in trouble, especially if they're, they're having a bit too much fun and being a bit too, too reckless. Do, do you have any final words of advice for us today? Yeah, back in the UK, the RNLI is, is very passionate about the water. We're all water-based people at heart, and we want people to enjoy the coast, enjoy those inland waterways, but we want them to enjoy them safely and come home to their families at the end of the day. So always have a, a healthy respect for the water. If 
you can go to supervised locations with lifeguards do that. Um, if you do find yourself in trouble, the best way that you can try and overcome that is just to try and rest and relax in the water to allow yourself to calm down, try not to panic, because quite often it is the panic that will lead to drowning. Um, and finally, if you see somebody else in trouble, the best thing you can do for that person is call the emergency services. Um, please don't go into the water to try and rescue them, them yourselves um, unless you have the right training kit and equipment, because all too often we do hear these stories around the have a heroes that unfortunately end up drowning as well. So just try and make sure you're giving that person the best possible help, but that is quite often by calling emergency services rather than trying to make the rescue yourself. Ross McLeod of the RNLI, Royal National Lifeboat Institution in the UK. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for your time.